Jack Spaghetti, I mean Jack Cardetti. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. She wasn't wearing anything. Oh, man. She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yeah. I knew it. Bowl after bowl, bowl after bowl, bowl after bowl, bowl after bowl, bowl after bowl.com. That's right, bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl, bowl after bowl. On a beautiful token Tuesday, today is February 8th, 2020. Two. Two. 2022. Because 2022 is 2022. That's right. If you think about it. Yeah. And you're back in the bowl. It's episode 135. Woo! I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're in the right place for a Tuesday night. Thank you for joining us. If you're listening live on the No Agenda stream, if you're listening live on the Bowl After Bowl stream, found at bowlafterbowl.stream. Thanks to Cotton Gin. Thank you, Cotton Gin. Or if you're listening to this in the future, because of the RSS feed... You can listen well deep into the future, serving it to you. We're just glad you're here. We're glad you're listening. Thank you for coming. We appreciate it when you come and listen to what we have to say and what we have to talk about. Oh, well, we had a successful birthday party for our three-year-old last week. Yes, we did. Post-bowl. That was a great one. She, she wanted a troll's party. She got a troll's party. That's right. She asked to be trolled, and, well, troll her we did. Yes, indeed. All the way down to the tablecloth. Yep. She thought the trolls for sure came in and decorated the house, and I let her think it. Yeah, the bo- both the girls were sure that they'd seen Poppy come through, so. Yeah. They talked about seeing troll hair, like, creeping by their beds. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> you saw what you saw. Yeah, it works. Makes perfect sense. Nothing um, but sense. Yeah, the, the middle kid... Currently. Uh, she hates this birthday song, and I'm not sure exactly what about it she hates. I thought it was how loud people sing. We thought that at first, but that didn't seem to be it. No, because we said, can we sing to you? And she said, yes. And then I was like, we'll sing softly. And we sang softly. And then the song ended, and she cried. And I was like, oh, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And she said, you did it. Sing it slow enough. Yeah, I think it has to be slower. Slower, uh, softer. Maybe next eh. year. <laughs> maybe she'll forget that she dislikes the happy birthday song. It's only halfway to three quarters of the... Actually, we had almost all the way gotten through the song when she started crying. Yeah, it was right at the tail end. So I'm not sure. It's very strange, but when you sing happy birthday to her, she just breaks down at the end. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's wild. What can I say? She's a sensitive kid. Yeah, three already. I that's, guess. That's wild. It is wild. And the wolf cub will be one before you know it. I know. I just feel, I feel so behind on so many things, man. We are at the cutting edge of behind somehow. I mean, 
schemes I could get behind, but uh, I just feel behind on the stuff I need to do, you know? Yeah, that to-do list just keeps growing, doesn't it? It just keeps growing. It just keeps growing, man. But hey, uh, we do have a very exciting trip coming up. Yes, we do. We go into this Nashville Valentine's Day meetup, which I could not be more thrilled to be a part of. Uh, although, I'm getting nervous, man. Palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. Because uh, Mr. Adam Curry posted his Z-Pack mm-hmm. on No Agenda Social just about an hour or so ago. I saw that. Saying podcaster down, so with an air of mystery kind of hinting. Maybe he is coofing, uh. which would just be so unfortunate. Although I can tell you with certainty that uh, I would still roller skate with Adam Curry if he's testing positive with whatever. I don't care. Oh, yeah. I would catch a long list of diseases from that man. No problem. No problem. Whatever. It's no, it's no worries to me. Uh, it's weird. It's just a weird time because any other time, right, you get nailed with some kind of sickness, I mean, even the healthiest among us, usually every year to two years, you're going to get rocked with something for a day or three, right? <laughs> Try every six years. Okay, sure, every six years if you're a big tough guy, but whatever, right? Yeah, people uh, get sick. There used to be a time where you could get sick and then get better. Maybe call out of work, maybe. Maybe don't even call out of work. And just kind of uh, live your life outside of all that, you know? It never had, before it never really had to affect, like, your plans for the next three weeks or whatever. But uh, here we are in this time, in this time. Well, I hope he pulls a Joe Rogan and throws the absolute kitchen sink at it and gets better in three days. Yes, three days. It's a magic number. And then can uh, scoff and chuff about it on the show and still go to Nashville. Oh, my Lord, I hope you still... Make it to Nashville, Podfather, if you can hear me. Please! Hear my prayer. Please. We need to see you skating. When you think about Nashville, Adam, all you gotta say is... I'm gonna come. You gotta go. Gotta go to Nashville. We did uh, pull off a stellar promo, thanks to the help of our friends from all around Podlandia, Podiverse, Universe, the cast land. Hell, I don't know what to call it. All around in a nation in Gitmo land. Producers helped us with these, uh, this beautiful promo, uh, which Adam said, one of the best promos he ever heard, which I was just, uh, brought tears to my eyes. And John C. Dvorak said, excellent. Excellent, yes. So, what did he say? He said, uh... The one you just played is is outstanding. I think that's what he said. He did say that, in fact, yes. Got it right here on the soundboard. That's right. That's right. If he didn't say it, then, uh, nobody said it. I am looking through really quickly because Dame Jennifer, bless her heart, clipped the CurioCaster clip for this, and I just want to see if I can roll it right now. just want to see if I can just roll it without any preparation. This is the beauty of CurioCaster. Minneapolis, Indiana. Oh, and on the 14th, Madison, Tennessee. Wait a minute. We have a promo. What time is it? It's Valentine's. What time is it? It's Valentine's. We're going to Nashville oh, in February. Yes. I'm very excited about that. Yes, it's a roller skating no agenda meetup. It's on Valentine's Day on February 14th. Hey, it's your Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And Dame DeLorean of Bowl After Bowl. We're going to Nashville and we're bringing the whole wolf pack. Arr! 
Hey everybody, Sir Chris Fox here. I'll be attending with my smoking hot wife, Samantha, and we cannot wait to see all of your beautiful faces. Love is lit. This is Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And this is Lavish of Behind the Schemes. And you are all cordially invited to join us for an open mic broadcast. We hope to see you there. I'm Sir Sir Seat Sitter, and I'll be at the Valentine's Day meetup. Just look for the guy that looks like homeless Jesus. <laughs> Big meetup. That's right, the Big Valentine's Love meetup at the Roller Ring. Hey guys, it's Dame Jennifer. Come spend the day of love with your fellow lovely No Agenda producers. I'm going to come. No, you want to. Okay. I think that's one of the best promos I've ever heard for a meetup. It's excellent. <laughs> that's really, also really some good. some voiceover talent there. Dame Jennifer, man. She's, she's got that down, doesn't she? Love that. Yes, so the Keeper and I will be there. Um, we I won't be so. in Denver, Colorado, oh, but there's your I chance so. on the They'll be there. I hope so. But yes, he said excellent. A one-word review that I will cherish for eternity. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And couldn't have done it with all your help. In fact, um, Dame Jennifer always, I mean, I have to put her at the end because that's just the note to go out on. The I'm going to come, I just slipped in just now. I'm going to come. Because in retrospect, when I heard it live, I was like, oh, listen to that. There's like a gap where I'm going to come should have been, but... uh, but you got it in tonight. I got it in tonight, so that's probably where it belongs anyways on this show. And right. uh, honestly, Chris is like the secret MVP on this one for sending me that Teen Girl Squad. What time is it? It's Valentine's. What time is it? It's Valentine's. Oh yeah. my God. That so was good. like just the perfect opener for it. No doubt about it. So, of course, Boobs and Lavish, Chris Fox. Uh, Midas really wanted to send me something and then... Um, he just didn't get recorded in time. It's busy, so I just totally get it. I will say that the guest list, I mean, the guest list now includes Toonton Mousy Bear. It includes, um, of course, Duke of the South, who's organizing the thing. Net Ned is coming. Yeah, Net Ned. Net Ned, he did a Bulls with Buds, uh, Buds with us, and he said, I'm gonna come. So, I mean, even if... Even if the Podfather is coofed out of this thing, it's still going to be the most epic meetup of possibly our lifetimes. We don't know. I mean, once we do this, how are we going to top it? How are we going to pull it off of topping it? It's going to be incredible, epic, life-changing. So I'm very much looking forward to this, what I'm trying to say. Uh, we're going to be out there for like three days. Yep. Three nights, four days, three nights. That's how they count it in uh, resort time. Checking out on Wednesday and getting back. But I don't know really what time we're going to be rolling into town on Sunday. But I was looking at... We wanted to, like, bring the girls to the rink early to get them some, like, practice laps in, right? Mm-hmm. And it looks like the mon- on Mondays the rink is closed, but there's private two-hour rentals. And so that's what this thing is, basically, is a two-hour rental. Which, it's going to come with, like, a drink and a slice of pizza and a skate rental and all that stuff. So, like, all the expenses are included, which is pretty cool. Sweet. You might uh, look at slipping something to the Duke of the South for covering that. Or, I'm not really sure how it works. Maybe he'll say, no, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. But I was looking into it, and that's that was my thought. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, not an opportunity to maybe, like, slide in there early for practice laps. So, I was talking uh, with the Duke of the South about that. And he was like, oh, my kids will be there on Sunday. Just come early on Sunday and, and maybe they'll be skating around. 
So that's what I'm going to do. The Super Bowl Sunday, and I really, I've got, I've got one more game to get through this season without having watched any of it, without having watched any, any, any snaps, any snaps. I've heard some games. My dad always gets games on, uh, but I managed to just kind of sit it out in the other room. He was like, "Watch this! Watch this replay!" So I saw one replay of one play all season. Couldn't I? Don't even remember which game it was. Frankly, I don't remember who was playing because it was like a. And we have like the our teams, finger wag our teams. Because he loves the Packers. And then, of course, we have the Chiefs here in Kansas City. But uh, it wasn't one of those is all I remember. So I don't remember who was playing. But uh, I just wanted to pull it off one time. You know, last season I was all like, you know, uh, football, it's getting all totally partisan hacked out, totally propagandized. I just want to sit a season out. And then I got caught up in the hype and the, the Chiefs thing, you know. And it's just like, up in my dad's all the time, it's impossible not to watch. It's just always on. It's there. It's like you have to, it sucks because you have to almost be a dickhead and sit in the other room in order to pull it off. But I'm one game away. So this will be the first time I ever didn't watch the Super Bowl in my whole life. But I figure I've made it this far through this freaking season. One more. One more game and then I can say, hey, there's a whole season of football that I skipped. In 2021 slash two. Look at that. It can be done. It can be done. I was uh, wondering if it could be done, but. Now you know. Now I know. Now I know. I'll be driving to Nashville and then I'll get to a skating rink. And so there's just no, there's no way. Unless they have like 25,000 screens at the skating rink all with the Super Bowl on. But I don't know. I don't know. But you'll be skating. So you won't be watching. I won't be skating. I won't have to pay attention. It's true. It's so true. So true. Please come to the meetup. RSVP at noagendameetups.com. Yeah, do you have any other uh, local around our town news? I just wouldn't really... uh, I've been so buried in the code base and doing the coding thing that um, it just feels like time is flying by and like every chance I get to step away from the code base is like (laughs) to feed myself and then go back, you know, to help students out. I mean, yeah, you've been kicking ass with your students. Yeah, I feel really good about that. I've been getting good reviews because they give the instructors reviews and I'm a technical coach. So technically I don't have like a review process, but the students have been like mentioning me in the reviews of the instructors in nice. a positive way. So oh, that's awesome. It's like a good feeling when like two of your bosses and the president all chime in and are like, great job, you know. Great job. Great Isn't job. Isn't that a clip you, you got did somewhere? It. You did it. Uh, I might have a great job. I don't know. It's in the Hog Story song. Ah, uh, yeah. That's right. I think it's John. Thank you. Great job. If I remember correctly. Yeah. I'm Which just isn't super, really as relevant as you might think. Super excited for this meetup. It's a uh, fun behind the bowls with a six-pack agenda meetup. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh Boobs will be broadcasting live from the roller rink. So he's got the prior permission and the equipment and the, uh, what am I trying to say? The, uh, the yearning, <laughs> the desire, the, uh, the absolute give a fuck a to do it, which is great. Uh, the drive. There you go, Servo. Thank you in the chat. The drive, the unending drive, man. For me, this is how it goes at meetups. I'll bring a camera. I bring usually uh, my little uh, H4N Zoom recorder that 
uh, is sort of on like semi-permanent loan to me from C-Mike. And I bring a lot of the times my drone and I get to talking to people and then talk some more. And then I'm just talking. And at the very end, I remember I have to make a meetup report. And so I make everybody record their little meetup ditty and then never use a camera, never use a drone, never use anything else. Like I just don't take pictures, don't take video. I'm just blabbing to people and meeting people. And it feels good. I love meeting new people, talking, just hanging. I mean, over the last couple of years, there's just not that many opportunities to do that like we used to have all the time. It just feels like it's so weird just talking to people, how that can be so, I don't know, foreign and exciting and refreshing all at once. Like, it's supposed to just be normal stuff you do every day is, like, talk to other human beings, but here we are. Here we are. Here we are. I never know if it's because of... Is it like, because I'm a podcaster or because of the corona? I'm not sure. Why I not have no friends? <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll just keep wondering. Yeah, talking to people hasn't been that weird around here. It's just weird when I can't understand what people are saying because they're wearing a freaking face diaper. Yeah, that part's It really screws me over. I am very dependent on people's mouths moving. Well, yeah, you already have the hearing troubles. Huh? <laughs> You're not getting me again. Tell you that. Tell you that. Uh, but you know who did get us again? A bunch of different bowlers. And we always like to thank people near the front of the show for chipping in and for returning value they have received over time uh, from your humble hosts here at the Bowl After Bowl Show. And that's what we do. That's how we operate. We're a value for value podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this show, you're probably well aware of what that means. But if you're new to the bowl or if you're new to the scene in general, uh, value for value. It's a wonderful revolutionary idea that just says, hey, I make digital content. I want you to have it. I want you to hear it. I want you to listen to it. I want you to evaluate it. Just give it a shot. Listen to it. If you don't like it, well, we don't lose anything and you don't lose anything, you know, except for maybe a little bit of time that you spent listening to us. But if you're coming back for more week after week, bowl after bowl, and you find, hey, man, this show really got some value out of it. The, the, you know, the bowlers, they put together this product. And it's not just Lorian and I. It's all of the bowlers out there helping to make this thing special. It's no debit with the live stream that you're listening to. It's Cotton Gin with the redirect for bowlafterbowl.stream to get you there really easy. It's Sir Bemrose getting us onto the No Agenda stream. It's Fletcher sending us in clips and ISOs. Spark one up. It's a whole community thing. And it's all the bowlers sending us boostograms, sending us PayPals, sending us voicemails, all these different ways that you can contribute. So by giving value back, you actually also contribute to this whole value proposition that other listeners are getting. Uh, it's what we call the most beautiful feedback loop. Uh, and it's a way for us to give and receive and to keep the thing going. I mean, without all of this love, support, material, uh, the time, the talent, the treasure coming back in, this thing would have fizzled out long ago. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank everybody that does that. And uh, we always want to remind you, and I often forget, even though we're not even behind the curtain yet, I often forget to remind the good people uh, about the first rule of being a smoker. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. So that's the basic concept of value for value. 
And we want to thank everyone that sent a Boostergram in first, which you can always do uh, at any time as the show is rolling. And uh, we're just going to go in chronological order here, uh, starting with two days ago from Signs of New Growth. We had a 3333 boost. Woohoo! Thank you thank very you. much. No message, but we appreciate the boost. Uh, two days ago, that was Fablecraft, so I'm going to scroll on. Uh, two days ago, Servo. 6969. 69. Yeah. Thanks, Servo. 69. 69, dude. He says Coding Karma. Which I definitely appreciate having some Coding Karma. Uh, and I think I even have from Sir Bimrose. Coding Karma! Thank you, Sir Bimrose and Sir Vo. Uh, that was a 333 from Sir Vo. Ne- next we have 6969 again. 69! 69, dudes! From Carolyn Blaney. Oh, yeah, Carolyn. Of the Hogs 3 Blaney's. Woo! Thanks, Carolyn. Carolyn says, Boost Chain. Incoming to the Wolf of KC. Have a fun show and break a leg. Love you. Oh, Aw. Love you too, Carolyn. You're such a sweetheart. Uh, Carolyn, thank you, darling. Actually, I did want to play. Um, Carolyn, she's making... Carolyn and Fletcher are making waves over there at the Hog Story. Because they got in the car and they're driving the thing around now. They are boost enabled. They're getting your boostograms. And they conceptualized this boost chain thing, which is hot. It's super hot coming in with boost chains and i want to say they have this awesome bot now uh which no debit also helped with uh creating this bot so they're on satoshis.stream which is associated with a telegram bot that tells you when you get boosts and boostergrams and reads them to you uh they telegram bot will not directly talk to other bots however you can make a bot that listens to it and relay that uh into discord and then from discord relayed it into the irc server and so that's how he set that up and i'm telling you if you're in fountain and you do your boostagram and you get the confetti you get that confetti animation that says your boost uh worked in fountain at the same damn time you get the discord notification showing you the boostagram it is like immediate it's so cool lightning it's, fast it's such a cool experience it is lightning fast it's on the lightning layer of bitcoin and it is so cool it's just like immediate it's like i i can't say enough cool things about it but uh, these these guys are making waves enough they were mentioned on podcasting 2.0 and uh hopefully if i may have a clip here i'll have to turn it up a bit so let's uh let's reset here Doing it live. I've never done this from the phone thing before. I saw Boost Chain from Hog Story. Hashtag Ooh, Boost Chain. Well, I think you boost. They're doing it live. So okay. I think you boost, and then you can boost to someone's boost. I got I got to <laughs> Carolyn Blaney. They're doing crazy shit over there. I'm telling you, this people are running away with this stuff now. Well, I mean, Sir Spencer and Abel Kirby and all that, they're all nuts. They're totally I mean, crazy. And, they, and we, love them. This. <laughs> we love yeah. them. This is what we need. Reckless behavior. Perfect. Reckless behavior. Hashtag reckless. Please run with scissors. It's podcasting 2.0. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong indeed? Yeah, so. reckless behavior. Woo! Thank you for being reckless with us, Hogaroos. And uh, yes, they correctly identified Abel Kirby and myself as certifiably nuts. Insane in the membrane. On podcasting 2.0. So, you know, if uh, if that doesn't make it 
a thousand percent true, then really nothing does at all. Uh, going back to the boostograms here, of course. Next, we have 3369. 69! 69, dude! Nice combo of numbers there. Uh, from Cold Acid, and he just says, roll it. Woo! Thanks, Cold Acid. Uh, we have a thousand from Breeze. Of course, you're anonymous from Breeze, so we don't know who you are, but we thank you for your courage and your sats. You have 4200 from C Dubs. Spark one up. And he says, in the bowl, honk honk, let's go, Brandon. He's got several emojis in there. Boostagram, it's a comment with a lightning next to it. That's right. In the front, and then I can't see the rest. The rest is a, a maple leaf and a cigarette. Yeah, honk honk. So that's uh that's for Canada, but that's also for smoking weed. We see it we see the double meaning there. Canada cannabis. And I have a Hong Kong for you, sir. <laughs> Hong Kong. We had eight hundred and eighty eight sats from Servo. Woo woo. We had forty two sixty nine from Seroma. Hey, thanks, Seroma. Uh which of course Sixty nine! Sixty nine, dude! Anything sixty nine is good for us. Uh we got a thirty thirty. 3030 from Servo, dickheads unite, no homo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, I assume he is referring to not watching uh, the National Football League this season, so good job. Uh, We have 1111 sats from Booberry, Grandma Boost. Grandma Grandma Boost. boost. All right. Boost. Thanks, boobs. If you like that boost, wait till you see what happens next. We've got uh, 1386 from Cotton Gin. He says, gotta refill. You better be streaming sats. There you go. And then uh, last for now, another 6969, dude. Woo! 6969, dude! And he says, uh, from Breeze, so it's anonymous, but not really if you use your notes right. Awoo! Boost chain. Love you, bowlers from Fletcher. Oh, love you, Fletcher. Sweeties, sweeties, everybody. Boost chain, choo choo. And uh, fairly certain here that the uh, I just didn't. I, I, all these boosts just came in uh, from semi recently, so I just wanted to make sure that my pews are working. I don't want my pews to be going silent. I did fiddle somewhat with my Windows settings. So I turned off a lot of Windows notifications, but I'm kind of wondering to myself if that didn't mess up, mess up what Helipad does. But anyway, what we really want to look into on this show, and we just kind of like lag behind in certain areas because of my um, crazy workload that sort of was unexpected. I'm in this position now for four weeks, and I uh, didn't really expect to be doing this uh, full-time position right now. kind of came... Out of the blue, it was a blessing for sure, um, but it's it's made me push further back some of my to-do list items. But um, the the bowlers, including uh, Servo and C Dubs and Cotton Gin, are helping us work on some IRC bot action. And uh, ideally, eventually, we'd love to be able to boost via IRC. Uh, how that happens, I'm not sure. Would we make the bot generate us an invoice? Would we do it some other way? I don't know. We're playing with ideas. But I think if you can imagine it, you can develop it eventually. That's kind of my uh, doe-eyed attitude on it this early <laughs> in development. So um, I think that all of our heads together, we can get something like that. 
Um, but even at the at the at the rate of having an IRC bot reading the boostograms and throwing them in there, and then like Boobs has the custom sound. Uh, ideally, we would love to bake into Helipad the ability to change and do that. Upload an MP3 file, maybe even set custom numbers. So if it ends in a six nine at all, for instance, you could trigger a six nine six nine. That would be awesome. All that kind of stuff. Um, maybe not have a sound at all below a certain amount. Because in Fountain, you know, they've been talking about this on Podcasting 2.0. In Fountain, you can just boost one sat Ooh. and send it. Uh, so thank you for the boostograms. And then I'm going to move over yeah, to the thank PayPal. Thank you, bowlers. Boosters and bowlers. Boosters and bowlers, baby. We're going to move over to the PayPal because the PayPal still is going to stick around. Because uh, there's just... I, I don't believe in taking away people's opportunities you know to give value some people do not have the sats you know they just don't we don't want to say well you can't give value you know that's that's i would just be silly and rude and uh defeatist really if you think about it and we always appreciate our paypal donors as well and this this week as it loads we have a payment from the one the only the legend herself phoenix Thanks, Phoenix. Coming in with 2622 and a note. The note says, Ride Valkyrie Ride. Love Phoenix. In the bowl, Lorian and Spencer, just a donation to the stoniest podcast that started it all. Thanks and love you guys. So sweet. And she said that her voicemail actually accompanies the donation. So I will uh, play the voicemail now, which is kind of a special moment. So the F time for this week is the first time you got a sign from the other side, as I believe it. Yeah, so I've got this friend who passed on, and I actually have a tattoo on my arm. Uh, his name was Bernie. And I always told him I wanted a relationship like he and his wife had. And subsequently, with Valentine's Day coming up, this is this is really prevalent because Valentine's Day was their wedding anniversary. And it devastated me when I lost him. He was such a good friend. There's a lot more to that story, and you know, I might actually tell it on the Lotus podcast sometime. But the long and short is, recently I had, well, I have a better way to be able to express this. And here goes. The Phoenix flew and the Valkyrie rode. Returning to our lives, we verily strode. Fairy waterfall blessed the union with karma. One day to return, my dude named Ben in tech armor. Until the day we part no more, let's light a joint and ponder life. For I am your dame, and you are my knight. In the bowl, y'all. Phoenix out. Oh, in the bowl. In the bowl. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Phoenix, for the donation and the poem and the note. And just for being a lovely person in general. We appreciate you. Yes, check Phoenix out with Phoneboy on the Lotus Podcast at lotuspodcast.net. That's right, lotuspodcast.net. Yes, and uh, there's more than just treasure. Uh, there's a lot of ways to support. Spencer at bullafterbull.com is my email where you can send all kinds of different clips, story ideas. Uh, if you want to open a channel to our node and provide inbound liquidity to us, you can find our node by searching Bull After Bull on amboss.space or on 1ml.com and uh, you'll find either the raspy bull after bull raspy which is my node or you'll find bull after bull umbral which is mine there you go and opening a channels to either will uh, 
enable us to receive sats from the entire network, not just from your node, but any uh, any lightning user that's connected into the network, into that big spider web of channels. We'll be able to stream a sat, so you're strengthening the network and uh, providing easier ways for people to find routes to our nodes. So that's another way to give value. Even another way is to do what uh, Phoenix did and leave a voicemail. That's right. Every week we have a first time I ever topic, and this week... Our topic is the first time I ever got a sign from the afterlife. That's right. And it's really simple to leave a voicemail. All you got to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of voice. That's right, 816-607-3663, and texts work just as well. Yes, if your voice shy, or if you want to send pictures. Send some titties to the bowl. They will arrive. Pew! Ah, yeah, the pew's still working. And the pews have arrived. Pew's still working. Thank, Th- thank pew. Thank pew. And, um... There's a simpler way yet to give value to bowl after bowl. That's right. And that is very simply to pass the bowl to a friend who you think might enjoy it. That's right. Pass the bowl, don't Bogart. Just pass it along. Pass it along. And uh, it's such a lovely time. It's a lovely time of year. Valentine's. Valentine's Day. I loved your art today. Oh, thank you. Very Valentine-ish. <laughs> C-Dubs said, stop being a mooch all the goddamn time. Yeah, C-Dubs <laughs> gives a good reminder. You don't want to be uh, a mooch. Stop mooching. Go back to college and eat your instant ramen. There you go. Go back to college and eat your instant ramen. You mooch stone. Yeah. No, no, no. The bowlers, this is a beautiful thing. I, I don't get on the high horse and harp on it because the bowlers are such lovely people. And uh, you guys have been generous and shown us so much love over the years that we've been back on the air. And, you know, it's just touching. So we love you. And that's why we want to thank you up front. We've talked about moving it deeper into the show, but... It's like, I want to put that up front near the beginning because that's how important it is to me. And uh, so that's why I thank you guys all right off the start. Uh, and that gives me the uh, the way where I can kind of get from my boost into my... Yeah, if it doesn't make you want to build a node, I don't know what would, personally. Um, yeah, some on-chain, off-chain, cocaine shit stain. All of this mumbo-jumbo talk that we all love to just listen to. It just makes you feel smarter just hearing it. Uh, makes me feel dumber saying it, for sure. Because it's not like I have all the answers myself. We're uh, working on Ring of Fire number five. Woohoo! Our two million sat Ring of Fire, podcasting Ring of Fire, I should say. So our two million sat... Capacity podcast ring of fire and uh, takeoff has been delayed due to inclement weather in the uh, chainosphere. So we're just having a little bit of a weird problem where, and we've had this in a previous ring. A ring of fire, for those of you who don't know or haven't heard about it, um, just to be very brief about it, it's a channel creation strategy. Um, so a lot of times I'll talk about a ring of fire, then people are like, oh, are you in the ring, or how many rings are you in, or this or that. Um, 
And I want to be clear, a ring of fire should only be thought of as a channel creation strategy. Once these channels are made and then balanced, then you basically just have two channels. And yes, there's still a ring formed, a ring network, um, but there's also all of the other channels at play within all of these nodes. And so it's not really like you're in this certain special ring uh, that just persists, but it helps you be able to create two channels to your node for the price of just opening one channel. And the way it works is you get, in our case, we've always used six participants, uh, but you can use any number as long as it's at least three. Uh, there's a certain point where it kind of falls off in the ability to organize people and in the ability to get the connections to be, uh, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Working. Just close enough to each other to be efficient efficient connections but um you know eight's fine you can have more people in our rings of fire we just like six six has been a nice little number to be able to get people and then start opening and then balance them up so basically you get six people you stand in a circle person number one opens a channel to person number two who opens a channel to person number three so on and so forth all the way to number six who opens to number one so you got these channels. Everybody opens a channel of the same size. Imagine an abacus with, uh, let's say this, this recent one we did was 2 million sets, right? So imagine an abacus stick. It's got 2 million beads on your side of it, and then you hand it to node number two, and they've got the empty side of it. And then this continues on, so you have a perfect little pattern of that ring all the way to six. And then Mr. Number One... He's going to send half of the sats all the way around the circle and back to himself. What that does is pushes those beads on every channel, half of them, to the next node. And then at the end, number six pushes those back to number one. So nobody loses any sats from that transaction. Even though you send a million sats around the ring, you receive it at the end. So nobody loses any sats, but it's perfectly balanced then, all of those channels. They each have a million sats on the receiving end and the sending end. That gives you two channels perfectly balanced for the price of one. From there, you know, you can set your fees, you can earn fees on routing, so if other people are trying to send payments to any other node, and you happen to be on the path from them to the node they're trying to send to, you can help that payment move, you can facilitate these payments, and you can charge a, a certain fee or a certain percentage for, for the trouble of doing that. Uh, all of that stuff helps the Lightning Network operate. You provide liquidity to the network, and uh, you can run a little node, and um, eventually, if you're good at it and do your fees correctly, you can even have a tiny bit of profit. Um, there's not really people cranking out nodes. A lot of people are like, oh, what's your electric bill? Oh, how many sats are you running? And it's not. It's really not a situation like that. I kind of style my node to... Um, I'm, I'm aiming for breaking even, but... Uh, kind of uh I'm, I'm getting closer to that for rebalancing but uh it's 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 not an exact science operating nodes being a uh what we call a routing node but at any rate if you're a podcaster having a node is sort of like your value identity on the lightning network so in your feed you can specify this is my node this is its public key and then people can send you what's called a key send payment so normally on the lightning network you need to generate an invoice in order to receive sats but with KeySend, you can just say, hey, this is my node. You can send that sats anytime. You don't need to make an invoice. Uh, and all of the new podcasting apps, which you can find at newpodcastapps.com, and you click on the value filter 
That'll show you everything that allows you to send these key send payments, whether you're streaming them per minute or whether you're sending them all at once in a boost or a boostagram, which is just attaching a message to it. It's a lot of fun. Everybody's getting on board, driving the car around. You're finding that once you get in and drive around a bit, it's not really so mysterious. It's not really so um, out of reach. It seems very inaccessible uh, for just an average, you know, maybe you don't consider yourself a tech user or uh, technically inclined, even though you carry around a supercomputer in your pocket every day, uh, you might think, oh, this might be a little bit beyond my pur- purview. But I think, personally, it's my opinion and it's my experience with a lot of my friends uh, that you'll find if you hop in the car and just try to drive around, uh, it's not quite as hard. Um, not quite as hard as they make it out to be. It's not quite as hard as we make it out to be with all our cocaine shit stain mumbo jumbo. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, so shout outs to the Hoggeroos, of course, for doing the boot cha- boost chain, getting the bot deployed. That, that's so cool. It's like uh, the first I've seen of its kind where your IRC is reading the boostograms. So, I mean, our community, there's so many different cool milestones that we've baked up. And it's just awesome to even be a part of it and to see all of this inspirational stuff going on. First of its kind in history stuff. And the Hogaroos planted their flag on that IRC bot. I think it's like uh, just awesome. The Behind the Schemes boys planted the flag in the custom boost sound, uh, which is so cool. And um, oh, I mean, hats off. I love it. I love it. It doesn't feel, I mean, a year ago it felt so lonely, you know, and now it's just the opposite of that. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Streaming sats all around. Gotta be, you better be streaming sats. You better be streaming sats. Abel Kirby said so. Um, if you want to, you know, talk to other cocaine shit stainers or Bitcoiners in general, and you're in my area, uh, Thursday there is a KC Bitcoin meetup, and I'm going to go to it. And if you want to hang out, I'd love to see you there. You can go to um, the meetup page. It can be found at KC Bitcoiners. Am I getting that right? KCBitcoiners.com will take you to the meetup page. And uh, it's going to be at Coaches over in Overland Park, 135th Street. The thing starts at 6 p.m. And it's slated to go to 9 p.m., but, you know, you could just hang out for however long you have or whatever. Um, don't be afraid to come a little late. Uh, the the talking and announcements usually start at least a half hour into the thing. So, yeah, recommend it. KCBitcoiners.com. Uh, check out the KC Bitcoin meetup. And that's all I have. That's all I have for the, for the shit stain today. All right. Well, if this guy knew about Bitcoin and stuff, maybe he wouldn't be in my top 333 stories this week. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, maybe not, though. This is a Long Island man with 33 active warrants who was arrested on 43 charges. Oh, jeez. At the tender age of 25. That's a lot of warrants to stack up for a young go. Yeah. Uh, burglary, grand larceny. In possession of a controlled substance. So he might have known about the cocaine shit stain part. Ah, yes. He also had 33 bench warrants on top of the active ones. And uh, he's due in court Sunday. You think he'll show? I think so, because they arrested his ass. So he's probably sitting in a cell right now Ah, behind some bars. They got him. He's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. That's right. That's the way she goes, boys. The way she goes. And nowhere to run, nowhere to hide is how some neighbors felt in Spokane, Washington, 
when 33 tons of trash were hauled off the yard of a trap house in their neighborhood. Whoa. That's just the trash from the outside. They hauled out more trash from the inside. I guess uh, garbage was just stacked floor to ceiling. There was exposed plumbing and wires. Just not a good situation. Oh, no. And the neighbors had been in contact with law enforcement night after night, day after day, because there were visitors coming in and out of this house all the time at all hours, and they would throw rocks at the neighbors' cars and houses. They would even chase the neighbors around the neighborhood wielding knives. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, and I guess there were syringes everywhere. So their resource officer said, just call every time, just call every time. And, you know, the city took some uh, action. They sent some letters. They, you know, said, hey, you got to pay this fine for all this trash everywhere for the nuisance. They sent cops. They sent mental health people. Uh, But anyways, I guess that after all that and nothing changing, uh, the homeowner was removed and the city is now working with the homeowner and the bank to find a new owner to rehabilitate the property. And finally, uh, this story, I think this also comes out of Washington State. A 33-year-old woman pulled a gun on a clerk at a gas station who threw her out for not wearing a mask. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. Uh, now, you know, they. she went in there, she needed a receipt for her gas pumping. Sure. And... <laughs> What pisses me off watching the videos, she's, she looks like she's about six feet away from the guy, and he's behind the counter and everything, you know what I mean? So right there, I'm just like, dude, seriously. But he starts telling her, you gotta put a mask on or leave. And you can see her just be like, what, are you kidding me? And he points to the sign on the door, you gotta put a mask on or leave. And they start getting into it, you know, she's not leaving. She's just there for her receipt, yeah, well, and you, he won't yeah. give her the damn thing. You gotta so give finally, the he comes around the desk and grabs her by the shoulder. And she starts backing up. She's like, don't fucking touch me, you know? Yep. But he does. He That's grabs assault. her. That's assault he officially. Ca- oh, wait. He grabs her. He carries her out. Of, not carries, but he pushes her out of the store. And then they get into it out front. Uh, can't hear what they're saying. But in the court papers, she says, uh, according to the quote in the you know documents here, I didn't hear her say this. You know what? This is what I fucking have. Fuck you, you dumbass bitch, and pulls the gun out. And Oof. Unfortunately, she yep. points it at him. That's uh, Now, I would say you cannot have a gun and wear a mask, right? You're not supposed to be masked while carrying. Yes, that's correct. And second of all, I agree. Him touching her should have been assault. But of course, they have these cops weighing in on the case already, and they're <laughs> saying, oh, it's not assault because that's private property. Nah, it's assault, but um, you're also... I mean, I guess there's a gray line there if you're removing a trespasser or whatever. But if it's a customer you've already done business with and they're asking for a receipt, it's, you know, there's something to be said there. However, none of that raises the level where you're able to use deadly force to defend yourself. Right. Now, the most fucked up part is she's the one that called 911 saying she was in fear for her life. Huge fucking mistake. Yeah. Also, probably a total lie. I mean... If you're carrying a gun, I wasn't there, but and the guy touched you with his hands. I mean, that's also retarded to say, uh, you're not, you don't have a mask on. I'm gonna come touch you. Like, yeah, uh, isn't this like plague rat situation? Right, exactly. Uh, Putting aside that masks don't do diddly shit. I mean, I don't know how many times people has to be people have to be told 
Masks don't do a goddamn thing. They don't do anything. When you're talking about a fucking flu virus, a little virus, viral particles, some of the smallest particles, dude. Well, you see the it's fucking ignorant dude. breath coming out of these masks and everything in the ah, cold and would you, just like, stupid. Watch somebody blow out vape smoke while wearing a mask and then you yeah, will start to understand. Oh, big fat joke. But luckily I'm hearing less about the coof other than the podfather uh, coughing away over there. Oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. shit. There were 33 deaths in Quebec and Oregon this week. And 33 new cases in Wichita County, Texas, and the city of Grand Prairie, Texas. Mm. And one headline for you, COVID cases fall 33% in the U.S. All right, get them down. So I think John C. Dvorak has the right prediction. April, this is over. Over. Yeah. O-V-A, over. It's only the completely and totally brainwashed that are still clinging onto it, like with white knuckles. But good God, man. Let's go behind the curtain. Let's do it, please. Good God, man. Please. Please, dear Lord. I'm going to bring the curtain to the meetup. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah, it's on my list. We have to uh, make the full list and then double check it before we leave. Check it twice. Get everything packed and ready to go. Pack those bowls, free those souls. Yep, bring the curtain. Okay. <laughs> for playing with. Yeah, we'll have to set up a curtain area. I'm getting sure. behind. <laughs> well, have you heard of the bowl pack? Uh, I feel like the answer is yes, but now I'm probably doubting myself now. I only just heard of them this week. I think they're new. Bowl, better organizing to win legalization. Ooh. I like it. Better organizing to win legalization after better organizing to win legalization podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You never knew it. It was hidden in plain sight. Or for short. Bowl after bowl. That's right. Bowl after bowl. Yeah. This pack was, uh, I, I don't know if they're new on the scene, but, you know, they had their pressers coming out making the media rounds this week. Um, started by the past political director of Normal, Justin Streakel. And their goal is to onboard organizations that should, would, or do support legalization into becoming active. You know, putting their voices out there and lobbying for Freeing the weed. Very cool. Uh, right now, they have an initiative petition going around, um, which they're demanding the dusty man in the White House make good on his campaign promises. <laughs> yes, uh, of course. I did clip it. A I fruitless demand, but I mean, somebody needs to be saying it for sure. Yeah, I don't know if you got my clip, but I can tell you what his campaign promises were. In one of his debates, just sum it up for him. Probably oh, yeah, more. I got some clips. Here. Oh yeah, play me the Biden one. I think we should decriminalize marijuana. Period. And I think everyone, anyone who has a record, should be let out of jail. Their records expunged. It be completely zeroed out. Completely zeroed out. Yeah, decriminalize and expunge. Okay. When's it gonna happen? Completely with a capital K. I don't know. Will it happen after you sign the petition? I don't know. Probably not. He lost me at I think. <laughs> That's how you can tell he's lying right off the bat. Yeah. And I was rewatching the video and it's kind of creepy. He's got the like one eye half shut and one eye wide oh, open. With the big you know, toothy he's... thing going on. Yeah. It's like too many teeth. He has like yes. 150% of your normal number of teeth or something like something that. Something is off. Something is definitely off. And it's you know not just that they went in there and poked around at his brains. Now the DEA announced Operation Overdrive. Between the last bowl and this very bowl. 
Uh-oh. They want to use this uh, to funnel money in to different cities in this country and combat drug-related violent crime and overdose deaths. Of course, there were more overdose in the past two years than coof deaths and car accidents combined. Jeez. So, uh, how do we stop that? How do we fix it? Oh, I know. Just, you know, spend more law enforcement money, right? And target things. That always helps. I yeah. Uh, hit more people over the head and lock them into little cells. Tried and true, right? I mean, they just keep doing it over and over again, so it must, it must work. Yeah. Not. Yeah, that's why drug use rates are going down and drug arrest rates are going down. And overdoses and... are going up. Anyway. Yeah, it's uh, all going in the wrong direction. Well, the DEA conspired with the CDC to pinpoint hot spots in our nation using the CDC's data on all the deaths. And um, Kansas City's on the list. And St. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis, no surprise. Kansas City, I was like, damn it. Here we are. Uh so they launched this Operation Overdrive February 1st, 2022, with 34 locations in 23 states. Ugh. And I figured they had to add Kansas City to get to 34 so that there'd be no headlines about it. Uh. You know? Gotta hide from the people moving the guns on the streets with the fentanyl and the meth. They say they're targeting fentanyl and meth and the illegal gun trade. But we'll see. We'll see. Pot always seems to just fall right in the way you know they always come for the pot anyway chucky schumer had a press conference this past week too and uh, according to that he's gonna be filing his legalization bill in april hoping to get it passed by 420 of course well wouldn't that be sweet it ain't gonna happen mm-hmm. the kaoa cannabis administration and opportunity act I talked about it before when he released the draft, which, of course, is still all we have to go off of. Right. Um, but just to summarize what's going on there, it would remove weed from the controlled substances list, which is very cool, but it transfers jurisdiction over weed from the DEA to three other alphabet soup organizations. Oh, isn't that nice? Yes. The Federal Drug Administration within the Department of Health and Human Services Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau within the Treasury Department, and, of course, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, one of our favorites. Sarcasm, sarcasm. He also proposes a 10% federal excise tax, which would increase annually by 5% until it hits 25% at year 5, and then would start being levied on a per-ounce rate when it comes to flour, and per milligram of THC in extracts. Riddle me how that makes sense. I don't get it at all. No. Um, sales under $20 million are eligible for a 50% reduction in that tax rate via a tax credit, but all sales above $20 million subject to the full rate. Jeez. Just Sounds about right. Yeah. And of course, you know, Chucky Schumer, the guy, hey, we don't want to pass the Safe Banking Act. No, no, we got to get everyone on board with my bill first, and then we'll worry about the banks and these, you know. It's all about the banks are evil. That was his whole focus. Just banks bad. Banks and it's bad, like, okay. Yeah, and just hurt the little guys with the licenses. And the big guys with the licenses. Yeah. Lots of big players out there. I'm sure they have workarounds. Yeah. But not the mom pa shops, if there's any still surviving. Speaking of the Safe Banking Act, uh, the House of Representatives passed it for the sixth time 
this past week as an amendment to the America Competes Act, which really focused around, uh, well, competing with China on work. But the Senate had passed a related version of the Competes Act without the Safe Banking Act in it, and now it looks like there's going to be another round of bicameral negotiations. So, it's up in the air, and probably, I don't want to be a pessimist, but you know, I don't think the sixth time is the charm. (laughs) Yeah, it seems to be mm, iffy at best. Yeah, iffy at best. Last week, we talked about a lawsuit regarding the social equity licenses in Arizona. Uh, Of course, there's 26 available for social equity applicants, and 1,500 applications had come in last time I checked. Well, the judge decided to dismiss the lawsuit. Which, of course, was over the fact that big players were sending out mailers to people who lived in the zip codes eligible for social equity licenses, saying, hey, put your name on this application, we'll fill out the experience and everything, and then we'll pay you for the business. Simple as. And, of course, that's just a workaround so that big players can get the licenses meant for those who have been negatively impacted by the war on drugs. Of course. Which, in my opinion, is everyone. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Yes, that is correct. Um, no comment yet on whether or not the plaintiffs will appeal this decision. There's another lawsuit, now pending in Arkansas, that has put medical licenses on hold. It was filed last Monday, and a temporary restraining order on the licensing was issued on Token Tuesday. Then, of course... All the pressers dropped Wednesday, so I just mm. missed it, but here it is today. Um, the Medical Marijuana Commission in Arkansas endorsed a rule change enabling it to issue uh, two remaining licenses in March. Of course, now they won't be able to do that. Um, and the judge's order says that the plaintiff who filed this lawsuit faces irreparable injury if the status quo is not maintained until the case can be heard and decided on its merits. The plaintiff here is a group named Absolute Essence, open for a dispensary license, Um, and they argue that the commission failed to uniformly apply its own rules between black-owned and non-black-owned businesses. They said, uh, here's a quote, Demonstrably less qualified non-black-owned businesses, including many that were patently unqualified to even apply for licenses and who should have been disqualified at the outset, have been awarded licenses. So, the goal of this litigation is to ensure that the remaining and future licenses are issued pursuant to a fair and impartial vetting and scoring process, free of racial bias. Which kind of made me laugh. Because the whole premises of the thing is on racial bias, might I say? If they're implying it should be 50-50 between black-owned businesses and non-black-owned businesses, literally everyone else. Yeah, it seems to be skewed. That's my take, yeah. Maybe I'm missing something, but... It's almost as though basing, uh, you know, awards or punishments solely off of the color of one's skin is uh, somehow maybe racist. Mm. That's a strange notion, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe that makes me the racist. I don't think so. I just think it should be merit-based only, but that's just me. I mean, we live in a crazy time where the the actual definition of racism is now racist, like, <laughs> in its con- construct, so. I mean, anything can happen. 
Anything could happen. In clown world, there are no rules. No. Except for that you're breaking the rules. Honk, honk. Well, here's a good one for you, too. Just to ride this train all the way to Honksville. (laughs) Okay. In California, the federal judge refused to issue an emergency order blocking law enforcement agencies from seizing money from the Imperial Armored Cars we talked about, which, Uh of course, transport cash for licensed dispensaries. Uh, The judge, in his uh, reasoning, attacked Imperial's lawyers in their legal tactics, saying that they failed to meet the high burden of qualifying for a temporary restraining order. And uh, he also accuses them of cutting procedural corners and ignoring court guidance. Mm. He went on in his 14-page ruling to question if there was enough evidence that the sheriff acted beyond the scope of his authority. (laughs) You know, setting up traps, watching for the van to drive by, and then immediately pulling them over for no reason other than we know who you are and what you do. Well, whatever, whatever. So uh, it didn't help that the lawyers for Imperial filed some court papers late. Yeah, And of then course. by doing Jesus. that, they didn't give law enforcement a chance to respond, and they weren't accepted because they were late. Um, but the lawyers say they're going to comply with the order and pursue the lawsuit on a non-emergency timetable, which just means you can't drive your van around those parts of the country. You know, lose a bunch of customers. That's right. That's where the uh, legalized highwaymen are operating their con. Yes. Leave these dispensaries wide open to being raided or robbed with all their cash just sitting in a safe. It must be nice to have the judge and prosecutor all in your pocket, you know? It must be fucking nice. So that you can steal money with impunity. Yeah. It's gross. Of course, we talked about this uh, last bull and the bull before that, I believe. Um... But they had like they have um, dash cam footage of some of these deputies saying like, "Oh, this isn't as much money as last time. Yeah, we so thought gross. you'd have at least a million this time. Like, what happened? Last time you had over a million. Now you only have seven hundred thousand. Oh, shucks." And then of course they have the loophole where, well, we have one federal agent working with us, so we get eighty percent of that, and they take a little twenty percent cut. But the eighty percent is their finder's fee, and they can use it like pennies from heaven to buy whatever they want bear cats tactical gear guns whatever yeah whatever yeah we uh discussed it on the last uh misinformed nation as well that's right you, you sent did the indeed. clips in you sent the clips in and i gotcha myself because there was a part one and a part two yeah so i then, sent two clips and one was your response and boober played the first clip which was you setting it up and then he was like, uh, he waited for my response. My response was the exact rant, pretty much, that uh, was in clip two. <laughs> yeah. Note to self, don't send clips of Spencer to Misinformed Nation, because you're just going to say the same thing every it's time. like, oh, wow, he kind of just said that, didn't he? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's just generally how I feel about it. <laughs> it's like my regular reaction. Yeah. Uh, don't get him talking about uh, equitable sharing. Equitable sharing. Equitable stealing. Yeah, exactly. And as you said before, here in the show me state, that money's supposed to go to the schools. But no. No, no, no. Somehow finds its way back to the police departments. It's happening all over the country, too. Um, Yeah, there's lots of articles on asset forfeiture, 
equitable sharing, all the stupid stuff they buy. <sighs> Anyways, speaking of stupid stuff. Yeah. Colorado Senator Don Corum is bringing felony charges against three Denver businessmen who ran a publicly traded cannabis company. And the charges are over an unpaid purchase of biomass from the senator's own hemp company, Paradox Ventures. So, uh, you know, pulling some political strings there, some of them using his uh, political power for evil, I don't know. Um, but Montrose County prosecutors <laughs> used the Farm Products Small Dealer Act. You ever heard of that? No. No, of course not. It's a very old law which was designed to protect food farmers from businesses that would resell, repackage, or store their products. And, of course, the three Denver businessmen uh, were part of United Cannabis Corp., and they didn't have a small dealer farm product license, because they had probably never heard of it. No doubt. And uh, they didn't have the required bond filled out with the regulators to go along with all that, uh, because you know, they didn't think they needed it. It wasn't part of the checklist of... Starting a business, a, a can of biz. So uh, the executives claim the senator is using his political power to sidestep civil contract law um, because their unpaid bill, which is around $54,000, stems from the company filing for bankruptcy. And, of course, the senator's company could receive restitution, uh, well, now via criminal plea deals. And uh, jumping the line of the secured creditors in bankruptcy court. So, by the time United Cannabis Corp. got the cease and desist letter, which was on April 29th, 2020, they were already out of business. Already had filed for bankruptcy and everything. That's too bad. Um, So, an internal, this was interesting, an internal complaint was written to government regulators with seven certificate of analysis reports showing that the senator's hemp company um, sold United Cannabis Corp. hot hemp. It had 0.59 THC, 0.59% THC, which is way over the 2018 Farm Bill's legal 0.03% THC, way over. And it looks like there's not much due diligence going on because one of the defendants that was named in this case, was actually the son of the CFO for United Cannabis Corp., who has the same name, but come on, check your stuff. You know, bring the wrong guy into court. So two of the three businessmen pled down to misdemeanors and agreed to pay a third of the bill, but the CFO isn't backing down, and he has a trial scheduled for August 2022. Um, something really weird that doesn't make much sense and no one has any answers on is that the deputy DA, Jason Wilson, is a witness in the case. And he's also lead prosecutor. Riddle wow, me that. That's How convenient. does that work? Not conflict of interest at all? No, no, of course not. Um, and Senator Quorum is running for Congress in Colorado's 3rd Congressional District up against Lauren Boebert, who has actually started a website, CorruptQuorum.com. I'm sure she's plug in this case right in there. Speaking of corruption, you remember when officials from Connecticut said that there were more than 40 overdoses linked to fentanyl-laced marijuana? This is back around Halloween. I remember, yeah. Well, I was highly skeptical. 
An investigation <coughs> revealed, <coughs> bless you, excuse me, that only one of those cases was a confirmed fentanyl overdose. Oh, wow. One out of 42. Surprise, surprise. And it was caused by, most likely, accidental contamination. Of course. But, you know, the cops, deputies, feds, whoever took the weed, they just put their hands up and point to the dealer. You know, oh, it's got to be him. The dealer must have cross-contaminated the weed by not cleaning their instruments. Certainly not the cops that confiscated stuff, threw it into the evidence lockers. Oh, well. Here in the Show Me State, we have two initiative petitions to legalize recreational marijuana. They both suck. Yeah. But Shamed Dogan in the House has a great bill, you know, that hopefully gets put to vote and passed. He's also a great dude. And he spoke out this week to the press against... The initiative campaigns, but specifically the big one, Legal Missouri, previously known as New Approach Missouri, which passed medical in 2018. It doesn't really help their reputation that they hired Stephen Tilly, a lobbyist who we mentioned two bowls ago, is currently under FBI investigation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paying him $50,000 to work with him. Awkward at best. And, uh, you know, in 2018, they hired Jack Spaghetti, I mean, Jack Cardetti. <laughs> who is from D.C., a D.C. lobbyist. Uh, he has a group, Tightline Public Affairs. He's the spokesman for Mo Can Trade, which just happens to be their biggest donor. And he's getting paid $40,000 for mm. this. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Like other shitty recreational initiative petitions out there, the one proposed by Legal Missouri won't license anyone that isn't already licensed. Oh, cool. For a full year. More than a year. Over 500 days. You gotta protect the cartel. Yes. Medical growers, medical dispensaries only. Protect the cartel. You're right. The select few who are licensed. And to appease the plebs. To appease the little people. They have proposed micro licenses. Oh, nice. Craft cannabis. Oh, isn't that cute? What does it mean? Oh, you can pay for a license and you can grow 200 plants. You know how long you'll stay in business with that? Not. You like you can't run your own exclusive company. You're going to just have to sell your plants to a bigger person. A uh, real dispensary, you know, not micro. God, the word micro itself seems so fucking offensive. Yeah. But anyways. It's Mr. Just goofy. Yeah, Mr. Dogan had a quote in this article I read. He said, I'm a free market person, and I think that this locks in a system that we have now, which is not remotely a free market, that gives a leg up to people who are already in the existing medical marijuana program and puts restrictions on people who want to try to get into the industry. So, in his proposal, it says there's no special licensing required uh, beyond the rules that apply to growing, processing, or handling any non-toxic food or food product. You know what that means? You want to grow? Go ahead and grow. Free market, baby. This is America. And this is the show me state. Let me show you how it's done. Would be nice, wouldn't it? It sure would. It would be awesome. So God bless him for putting a good bill out there and speaking out against the shitty initiative petitions. You know, just I don't want to see a bad bill get passed because it's really hard to undo that versus just waiting in our federally illegal 
limbo that we've been in the whole time. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. Just Let's just keep it like this until, you know, something better comes along. And we can show people how it's done. I'm in full agreement with you. In Michigan, activists filed a psychedelics initiative. Very cool. Yep. Far out, man. Yes. Decriminalize psychedelics. Use psychedelics. Oh, no, not decrim. Legalize. They come from the group Decriminalize Nature, but the initiative petition would fully legalize psilocybin, psilocin, ibogaine, mescaline, peyote, and DMT. Very cool. Very legal. Oh, here is one I was so excited about. I had to toot about it on Mastodon. The Mississippi governor did bend the knee and signed the medical bill. All right. He hemmed and he hawed, but I he remember. knows he wants his name to go down in history as the guy that put medical on the map for Mississippi. Yeah, it's it's like a no-lose proposition. Seriously. Because it's like, <laughs> like you said last week, all he could have done was just not sign it and then it becomes law anyway. It's not like he has a pocket veto going on. No, he just doesn't get credit then. Now yeah. he gets credit. Now he gets to look like the good guy, the savior. Not to mention, they already should have medical because in November 2020, a majority of Mississippi voters approved it on the ballot, which uh, actually would have allowed people to buy up to five ounces a month. They're not allowed to buy that much now. This is a pretty restrictive bill, but you can get in on chronic pain if your doctor says you can. Of course, their uh, initiative was invalidated by the state Supreme Court when uh, six months after the vote, they said that the initiative process they used was outdated and the measure wasn't put properly on the ballot. Isn't that interesting that they can say that after they had gathered the signatures and gotten the vote? Yeah, you would think they would say that before approving it and that they would not be allowed to suddenly change their mind. You would think, definitely. That's, but, uh, that's what I get for thinking. Yeah, exactly. That's correct. But here's a new thought. You've heard of STEM, right? Like STEM education? Yeah, science, technology, no, engineering, no, 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 and no. math. You know what it stands for? No. Systematically testing the evidence on marijuana. <laughs> okay. It's a new thing. It's a new website. Go to CannabisEvidence.org. This is an initiative between the Portland branch of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and the Oregon Health and Science University Center for Evidence-Based Policy. They're trying to help normalize the conversations between doctors at the VA specifically and patients. And they're saying, look, you're uncomfortable talking about weed. Why don't you read about it? There's tons of studies showing its efficacy. And they even have the COVID studies on there. So this is CannabisWho.org? CannabisEvidence.org. It will be linked in the show notes. I thought about this. and Interesting. Uh Whenever I've heard STEM, I've also heard STEAM, and I think you could very easily say that STEAM would be systematically testing the evidence about marijuana. Or against. If you test the evidence against marijuana, it all falls apart. Yeah, sure. Whatever you want to go with. I don't know, just a high idea I had one time. Beats whatever public education wants you to think it is. I like they're very colorful. What are these, like, super, super close-up microscopic pictures of weed, or what? I'm not sure. They are very colorful, though. Remind me of a space octopus. Colorful and trippy, dude. Very trippy. They look like snozberries that might taste like snozberries or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. It is interesting that VA docs, you know, they can talk with patients about weed, but they are barred from issuing the recommendation. 
Pretty crazy, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Just yeah. another one of those, you know, federally it's fucked everywhere type situations where that's what it means. You know, it means all the federal agencies have their hands tied, or at least they can claim to have their hands tied. I don't know. Ever since the the Holder memo at the DOJ seemed like, you know, federal agencies could just say they're not going to enforce it, and that was A-OK, but whatever. Whatever, whatever, they do what they want. Exactly. Yeah. And they don't do what they don't want, which is even worse. Well, here's a step in the right direction. Oh, no. The Utah State Legislature passed a bill reaffirming that medical cannabis should be treated like any other prescription drug, and now it just awaits the governor's signature. Oh, hooray. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Or veto. But I'm going <laughs> to guess he's going to sign it because it's already in the law. It's already in the Utah law, you know? It's yeah. like they're just reaffirming it with this bill because they've had so much trouble with people getting fired from their jobs and yeah. having workers' comp issues. Another headline you can take to your boss when you get fired. <laughs> Look, they passed this thing, though. That's right. And your boss says, Meh, yeah, yeah, we're smoking weed, so you got to go. And my final story for tonight, perhaps a rare step in the right direction for the state of Washington, the governor vetoed a bill for increased penalties when it comes to weed extraction. Oh, hooray. Yeah. That's all. That's all I got. That's all you got, huh? That's my weedy weekly roundup. Well, that's a great uh, great roundup. Yeah. It's a lot happening. A lot sparking off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know it. But uh, you know what else is sparking off? Sparking up and sparking around. That would be the Rev Cybertruck. Yeah, the Rev. And his sidekick, Kenny. Uh, who bring to us yet again another metal moment. You want to hear it? I do. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is the Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny with this week's Metal Moment. The Skyrim theme, whose official track name is Dragonborn, is probably one of the most iconic video game themes of all time. Recorded with a 30-man chorus that was layered to make it sound like 90, and sung in the constructed language of the game's dragons, gives it an almost otherworldly feel. YouTuber Jonathan Young gives us his particular take on the Dragonborn theme. Bringing the heat with that metal. Thank you, Rev. 
Thanks, Rev. And Kev. Kenny. Kenny. You Damn. goofus. <laughs> I got it right Rev before, and, and then I just, I thought, the Rev and Kev, that's perfect. And then it's like, God damn it, that's not even it. I'm sorry, Kenny. That cat's going to scratch you. I'll send you some catnip. You better. I owe you one, Kenny. <laughs> now, I think that was the final video game metal moment. So there should be a metal pole coming out. Vote on the metal! All you gotta do is follow at Rev Cyber Trucker. That's at R E V C Y B E R T R U C K E R, in case you're particularly bad at spelling. And uh, that's at noagendasocial.com, where you wanna be in the Fediverse. I'll have a link in the show notes also. That's right. If you're one of more of those like clicky boys, then go to the episode page on our website and click on the link. We got all kinds of links, you know. If you're ever wondering, what the hell did they talk about? Lorraine keeps these awesome show notes on bullafterbull.com. So in all the episodes, all the links are packed in there. It also probably really annoyingly shows up in podcast apps as the description just because of how Podbean works. So we're working on, we're going to have a whole facelift eventually, someday. It's like in the mythical future. I don't know. It's indefinitely postponed for now because I have a lot of other things that are on my coding plate, you know? So. Yeah, and then Nashville... Yeah, someday. Nashville, exactly. That's just like, there's a lot of things that keep popping up like mushrooms. But uh, there will be break weeks, too, in this coding school, and I'm I'm eyeing those with big eyes. Of course, I'm burning one on the Nashville meetup, but I'd burn two if I had them to burn on meetups like that. Yes. Going back to that song, though, I didn't realize that the dragons had their own constructed language. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It's dope. That's one of them, like, on my list of dope games I haven't played yet. It it took some uh, restraint for you to not play that one. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I still will someday. I know, oh, I know myself well too. enough. But, uh, I love dragons. Dragons are the greatest, man. Legendary. It's just one of those things, a winter to do, you know? Yes. It's like, yep, oh, see you in the spring. I'm going to play Skyrim. <laughs> exactly. Yes, uh, smell you later. Uh, well, you know who we're going to smell right now? That's going to be our bowlers calling in on the voicemail line, which you could do, too. If you're hearing the sound of my voice right now live on the No Agenda stream or on bullafterbull.stream, you can call 816-607-3663, and you can tell us all about the first time you ever had a sign from the afterlife. Let's get right into it. There's a lot you don't know. Well, you know, the funny thing is that, yeah, there's a lot I don't know, and, uh, yeah, there's been a, this has been a, been quite a journey I've been on, um, and um, so the, for the first time I ever saw an, uh, um, a, a sign from the afterlife. Yeah, I was uh, not too long ago walking down a country road, and I had this feeling of fear just wash over me, just out of the blue, and like I was being watched, and I didn't know what to make of it, and. Um, you know, and there was nobody, nobody around for miles, I guess. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I did a, I had a, um, you know, then, then a feeling of peace washed over me when I realized that it was, uh, people that were, uh, or, you know, spirits that had, um, you know, that p- people from my past that, uh, that are no longer, um, you know, that are no longer in the living. Um, yeah, they were smiling. I mean, you're thinking, hey, you know, you're taking steps in the right direction. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta be, gotta make sure you're taking steps in the right direction, right? in the right direction after all. Yes, so anyway, definitely. but they, 
you know, and that's the funny thing is that I'm not, you know, with with this journey I've been on, and this has been an interesting journey. I've really been, um, yeah, I'm open to so many more things and, and thinking in different ways, and, and, and yeah, and, and open to what the universe is telling me. And yeah, there's a, you know, this this journey I've been on, yeah, it's you know, it, it started with trying to get healthy, um, has turned into a spiritual journey, and you know, it's it's, it's uh, you know, it's taken it's taken its way through a divorce too. So you know, all this stuff, it's like wow. It's you know, sometimes in this world, you, even when you're on a dark road, uh, you need to be taking steps in the right direction, and you need some indication that you're taking steps in the right direction. And I had that, and so you know, um, I think that's uh, that. I think that's uh, pretty good. And uh, you know, uh, just just remember, you all. They had a great goddamn time in the bowl, y'all. In the bowl. In the bowl, phone boy. We did have a great goddamn time. We always do. No doubt. They had a doggy friend going off there. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever heard it, anything in the background of a phone boy call, except for the shuffly sound of flip-flops, which I have heard. Oh, yeah, the sandals. I should say sandals. Yeah, They're not technically flip-flops. He wears, like, strappy sandals. Jogging in sandals, that's brave stuff. But yes, yes, you know you're taking steps in the right direction, and, and uh, if you pay attention, the universe has a way of telling you that, you know? That's right. There's signs everywhere. There's signs, yes. Much love, phone boy. Yeah, we love you, phone boy. Our next caller, uh, let's hear what he has to say. Let me start off by saying uh, thanks for having me on on Sunday. That was a fun time. Oh, yeah. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you guys. Oh, my uh, ADD of subjects didn't uh, wasn't too scattered. It was no, perfect. Actually, I'm going to pause you right there because my ADD is going to pause we did mention briefly at the beginning of the show we had Net Net on with Bowls with Buds, but I brought it up as an anecdote. But yes, last Sunday, Net Ned, Sunday night, Bowls with Buds, if you haven't heard it, you can find all of those interviews at bowlswithbuds.com. And we did have a great goddamn time. Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, that's I, we don't have to feel bad about the wandering subjects or, oh, we got into, I don't know, where we went. You it's know? the nature of the bowl. It's the bowl, man. That's the whole format. You know, you get in here and you don't... The bowl, the bowl. We do this show on Tuesday night and we kind of scoop up what's happening and we put it on a big list and we have like this format to get through. Well, the bowls with buds, the beauty of it is like we want to get to know you and just hang out naturally and like let that unfold. And so... You kind of get a piece of who everybody really truly is out of some conversation like that. Like, that's why I don't want to steer it too hard or script it or put like walls or boundaries around where you can go and all that. You know, bowls with buds is just that. That's just bowls with buds, and so it's perfect. You don't got to apologize for shit. Um, I feel like I didn't give Blue Blueberry like a complete answer on this question, so I don't have to answer. No, uh, oh, how do you know, fully answer Blueberry on that show or something? Yeah. But, um, it's a tough man to answer. The first, I can't say this is the first time that I've ever had a sign from the afterlife, but uh, definitely the one that was the most riveting, uh, or at least that sticks out in my mind. Uh, the uh, my father died of uh, either like a heart attack or a stroke, and I had found him passed away on his couch in his house. Uh, it was a little. Uh, it's quite traumatizing at the time and still for many years or whatever but uh, I'm trying to downplay it much but um, but the night that he passed away uh, he came to me in a dream and said that 
it was very lucid, very real, uh, very, uh, it seemed like he was there, uh, and it was him saying that he was all right and he was okay. So kind of freaked me out for a couple of days, to tell you the truth, throughout his funeral and everything. Uh, I was a little bit tripped out about it. Uh, and then years later, I was working at a company and a guy, uh, I was telling a guy about, you know, story about finding them and everything. And, uh, anyways, he said, uh, so, uh, did he tell you he was all right in the dream? And I was like, what? And it was weird. It was kind of like, almost like, uh, like euphoric almost, like in a way, almost like knock you off your feet. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost like a little bit of a high feeling when the guy said it to me. That's, yeah. Uh, that's not too weird. But, uh, Anyways, his dad had died in a similar fashion, and he had known two different people that had their fathers die that way, and or relatives uh, that they were close to dying that way, and that they came to them in a dream like that. So, so uh, uh, and then the other odd thing was about that year. Uh, I used to go to NASCAR a lot, and mm. that was probably one of like the waning years when I kind of like stopped going to NASCAR because I was like. Uh, right in the end of my 20s, uh, early 30s. And we had went to a race, and my buddy got, uh, like, the all-access pass. So we had, like, pit passes. Nice. To go in this, like, uh, chalet area where you got food and beer and everything was supplied to you. But uh, it was a Father's Day race, and it was the Father's Day after my dad died. And the guy that I always root for was Dale Jarrett. <laughs> Oh, Bill Jared cut you right off. He got all shy. No, I'm just kidding. You have a PS. Three minute limit. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, my drive, the driver that I rooted for and had the stuff on, Dale Jarrett, uh, was leading the race for like the first, I don't know, like 15 laps or something. And, uh, I had some, I can't remember what kind of fans they were behind me. They might have been fucking Dale Jr. fans, but, uh, <laughs> Anyways, I was <laughs> rooting, and then they're giving me shit. Like Bud and then Light one fans. of their drunken friends ended up spilling a beer down my back. Aww. Anyways, they took my whole fucking beer and like dumped it over the guy's head. And then his friends were like, what the fuck? And I was like, come on, you want to get Yeah, so let's fight. From the get-go. Oh, God, I love those. But oh. uh, anyways. Makes uh, me all tingly, actually. I ended up going down. I bought a new freaking T-shirt at one of the stands for way too much and put that on. Got back up into the stands, and then, uh, anyways, Dale Jarrett came from, like, a lap down after he had crashed and spun out after leading for 15 laps. Came from a lap down and won the race. And it was nice. Father's Day. And it wow. was uh, kind of the driver that I rooted for because it was, like, the last driver that my uh, dad rooted for. Wow. So, in the bowl. In the bowl, In the bowl. What a beautiful story, man. Yeah, that's epic. And freaky about that guy just knowing and asking you. Yeah, did that's your dad my... tell you he was all right in a dream? That's like shiver-inducing wild, man. Beautiful, though. Yeah. And a good sign from the afterlife. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I've got... Uh, I was thinking about this for a while. Because I don't know if it's like a perspective thing or like a like a headspace or whatever. But the first time I ever really like had a sign from afterlife was almost more of like a memory or like a feeling of certainty about a pre-life or of like and and from from a young age and i can't exactly remember when i first really conceptualized this but it feels like one of my oldest thoughts 
like there's a few sort of clips of memories I can think back when I'm two. Like I still remember things first person from being like one or two, super young, incredibly young. And one of them is like standing up and peeing in a toilet for the first time. Like for some reason, the imagery, I can remember that vividly. Um, but the, this, I, I had this like realization or just like this sort of knowing certainty that like I came back to earth specifically or like this life, you know, because I was asked mm. and I did it like reluctantly. Like I wasn't like, I was just kind of like, <sighs> I knew I had to sort of thing. And then I just said, well, as long as I'm male, you know, like, as long as I, as long as I'm born a boy, I'll do it. And then was. So that is like, I don't know when I have that like idea. It's one of my earliest memories. Like when I'm learning language and figuring out how to talk at all. Cause you first learn how to talk and then you kind of learn how to think in words that you learn, you know? Yeah. And one of the first like thoughts I put together was that it was weird. I think about that a lot as kind of like an afterlife or pre-life even, you know, like, where we go is where we came from, and uh, there's definitely something else. This, one thing we can be for sure just by observing everybody else that's come before us is that this body is a, merely a temporary vessel, you know? Yep. But the spirit that resides in it I can't be quite so sure, you know? I can't be quite so sure. That's very interesting. And I think we've had this conversation before, you and I, but I guess one of my first signs from the afterlife is very similar to that. And it was a dream I can remember vividly from about the same age, I would say two or three, where my whole family was in my aunt's log cabin. And she's the youngest person in my family to build her own home. Before her was my, her parents, my great grandparents. They built their home and then their youngest daughter built her home. And my whole family was there. People, I, we used to have these huge Christmas get-togethers where my great-grandma's brother would rent out a hall, and so family from all over the Northeast, because of course everyone stayed in the Northeast, right. uh, hundreds of people were there. People were just, oh yeah, this is your second cousin twice removed kind of thing. It's just like, wow, okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. I have such a huge family. And somehow all of them fit in this log cabin in my dream. And I was upstairs with my more nuclear family, my grandma's sisters and brother, their kids, um, and my great-grandma, who I was close with when I was little. My great-great-grandma, excuse me. I lived with my great-grandma, my nana, but her mom, uh, I was fortunate enough to meet. And so they were all sitting there, and there were a few ladies that were coming up to me, and they were like, oh, you're so cute. And like, I don't remember the context of the conversation, but it just was so bright and endearing to have my whole family there looking after me. And I'm sure a lot of the people that I saw had already passed, you know? There's a lot of people. I remember, like, one of my great-grandpa's sisters, he died not long after that dream, but, like, she was definitely there, and she was talking to folks. It was just so cool. It's like, my whole family in one place. Like, this is the foundation. This is how it's done. And now it's your turn. And so I guess that that's a pretty big sign from the afterlife. It's something. Yeah, it's like that, uh, and that it, entire lineage tree that we're a part of. Yeah, and even 
when they're gone from the physical form, it's like they're still a part of you. They still had a hand in creating you. And so you carry them with you. And it's like they're watching over you from wherever they are now. Yeah, that was a positive one. See, I was trying to rack my brain around other things just simply because the prompt was afterlife. And even though that kind of fits some definitions of afterlife, I don't feel like it. I don't know. There's just some kind of disconnect there for me. And I was trying to think of like uh, people who've passed on or have visited me in dreams or that kind of thing. And that doesn't typically happen to me a lot, except for uh, my best friend, Sam, when he passed away, I've seen him in a few, a few dozen dreams and you know, they're very infrequent now. It's been a while since this has happened, but you I think it's like one of those things I still could dream about, you know, but every time it happens, like I've never had anybody talk to me or tell me anything in a dream yet in my life uh, who is dead. Typically, I'll just see them and specifically in Sam's case, like I'll see him and I'll hang out with him and, you know, we'll be, we will just be in the same place or like on the same bus was the first time it ever happened. I was on a bus in New York city and then he was on that bus. Like he got on the bus and I was already on the bus, which was just mind blowing. But no matter how it appears or where he appears, it's always an incredibly real kind of setting like that, like a hyper real setting, I should say, you know, except for when I try to talk to him or ask him anything or kind of like acknowledge generally out loud that he's, you know, aren't aren't you dead or something like that? You know, like, Hey, whatever happened? Hey, you know, I knew you weren't really actually all of this kind of stuff. You know what? I start kind of saying that. And then he'll kind of give me this like sad, sly smile and just get sucked out of my dream. Like he'll have to, like he got off the bus, which itself was like weirdly zooming out from my vision. You know, the bus door that he was walking out also was being pulled away from me. Like, Mm. It, it's one of those parts of the dream where it's like there's just this anti-gravity of them being sucked away and out of that experience. And so I don't know, like, it's so weird. Like, I could consider that a sign from the afterlife too, perhaps. Maybe more so than the other one. I but, have a more concrete example. Okay. That's like spooky sign from the afterlife. Sign from the afterlife and waking life. And this was what I was going to originally bring but then you jogged my memory with like the happy family purpose sign for lack of better term um when i was 14 i thought i had an older sister and she passed away and through a long strange series of events after that uh, after i became an adult i found out that she was actually my biological mom and my grandparents adopted me And that's why if I go to the DMV in Missouri, they're going to pull me into the little terrorist box and tell me I don't have a real birth certificate. (laughs) Because when you have a closed adoption in Massachusetts, before a certain year, your real birth certificate gets locked away and you got to hire a lawyer to get it back. And I haven't done all that yet. So anyway, my mom died and I came home from school and got the news from my great grandma and my grandma. And I was sort of just in disbelief. You know, you're just like, yeah, right. Yeah. She's in witness protection. You know, like (laughs) what's going on? Where is she? How is that even possible? And um, anyways, I had told some friends and they're all really concerned about me. So I started getting phone calls, 
because that's back in the day when you had to pay per text message still you know it's like not everyone had unlimited texting so we were more on the phone all the time i had a landline with the curly cord (laughs) and so i was in my i just went up to my bedroom put on my favorite rock band and uh shut the door and just sat with my thoughts for a while and talked to my friends on the phone and i didn't cry like i was just so i didn't know what to think i didn't know what to believe uh after all the lies i still i guess i don't really you know but sure anyways i remember being on the phone with my friend stephanie who was coming close to when i was getting ready to go to bed this was probably around 10 o'clock 10 p.m and a book fell or so i thought from behind a closed door on my tv stand i had a little entertainment center in my room and there was a little cookie cabinet on it where i had all my books and notebooks and stuff uh, so I heard this like knock sound and I was just like, huh, that's weird. But I didn't go over to investigate. I was just sitting on my bed. And then I heard what I thought was a bird hitting the window, like a louder knock on my window in my bedroom. And I was like, the f- heck? It was probably like three minutes after the first sound. And my friend on the phone was like, what was that? I said, a freaking bird just hit the window. And so I got up and started walking towards the window and then just bam, huge smacking sound on the window didn't know what it was i look outside it was december i think there's a little bit of snow coverage and there's nothing out there it was just a loud song and so then my friend is laughing and she's like did you fall i said no there was a loud bang on my window but there is nothing there i don't know how to explain this i don't know what it was and she was just like okay dude that's freaky i was like yeah you're not joking i'm the one's gonna sleep in this room now so uh that weekend I got together with my grandma and, you know, we were both and not really sleeping and I was starting to get to the acceptance part of where, well, regardless of what happened, I'm not going to see my mom ever again. Only then, And, uh, you know, it just starts hitting. So you start accepting, I guess. And um, so it was hard not to cry just all the time. Um, But we were talking and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm really glad I have so many good friends who are worried about me and checking in on me and stuff because i'm not i'm not taking this that well and oh you know the freakiest thing happened when i was on the phone with stephanie i started telling her i'm like you know first i thought a book fell and then i thought a bird hit my window and then there's just this really loud bang it was just undeniable it was like coming from the window but and nothing was there and my grandma just went pale freaking white and she was like you heard three knocks too and i was like yeah. yeah, three three bangs. And she said, I was in my bedroom upstairs at her house, and they have three bedrooms up there, each with a window. And she said there was one knock in her room where she was standing, one knock in the room I slept on in the middle, and one knock in the far bedroom all the way to the left. Three knocks. And she said if I hadn't told her first, like she was just going to hold that to herself because she felt crazy. you know. And if she had told me and I had told her, she would have thought I was making it up. Right. So that's the kind of person she is. So, yeah, three knocks. And then, you know, as an adult, I've looked that up, and not good stuff comes up. <laughs> it's a lot. Of, I mean, I think I heard about it on Coast to Coast, too, one day, and it's not, no bueno. Not not good stuff. A lot of uh, demonic talk, and, you know, the number three, of course. So Sure. But, so I don't know. I don't know. Definitely a sign. Definitely uh, can't explain it in the physical waking world what exactly it was yeah but hey did any other bowlers weigh in 
Uh, we got a tit pick. Oh, yes. Tit pick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Texter. Look at that. Look at those tits. Pair of tits right there. Um, your, and then uh, also a, a text. Your story reminded me of pre-life moment I had a few weeks before our first kid was born. I remember being awakened from a nap by a young child saying, Daddy. Crazy. It still sticks with me. Whoa. That's cool. And uh, also, by the way, Rev says the poll is up. The poll is up. Moment. So they're, we're headed around the world again. So we're going to vote for which country we want to visit. All right. Uh, we got some more callers, too. Oh, uh, cool. Let's powerful hear signs from the afterlife. Go ahead, caller. In the bowl, bowlers. In the bowl. That kind of a existentially depressing uh, happening occur at work. So I was eternally grateful to see that it was 9.30 as soon as I was stepping in my car to just a couple minutes uh, after the start of the show. So good timing. Uh, first time I ever had a sign from the afterlife. I uh, definitely have told this story before on this show, so I will keep it brief. A friend of mine back in 2018 ended up passing away, uh, and there was a crazy quasi-paranormal um, experience that I went through the same night uh, where I felt like I, too, was dying at the moment, sinking into the bed, tasting all this copper, also while simultaneously feeling like I was floating out of the bed and just a lot of weird shit. But uh, it was actually 2021 that there was a resurgence of really weird occurrences that had to do with uh, this friend of mine. And tying into that was all this stuff that um, – I was researching at the time because a, a friend of mine had been reaching out, wanting to get information about uh, gang stalking. And like, at the same time, Mo was bringing it up, and uh, Dean Reiner and uh, Chris and I, we all we got together and we did a fairly long episode on it. I, I don't remember what episode it was, but uh, I detailed like all of these crazy. Just like so uncoincidental connections between this friend of mine and this weird shit that was going on in Dallas and Dallas talking or uh, Mo Facts talking about the Dallas shooter uh, back from 2017, the one that shot up the cop parade. And like just there's just connection after connection after connection. I, I just you know, it kind of uh, it kind of went out on a whimper. There was no like grand curtain opening to reveal something like truly jaw-droppingly uh just crazy uh it just kind of petered out but you know at the end of it all of uh all of this stuff that was all these little connections that had been getting made last year happened right on the anniversary of my friend's passing uh it's a very bizarre inexplicable unexplainable and I hope you have a rest of a good rest of your show in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl, boobs. Yeah, I, re- I remember you telling us about the coincidences with your friend. That's freaky. And you got me too when you were saying, um, you know, the part about <laughs> you. You got a little choked up, but then you had the hit the part of like where you're like, I don't even know if it's real or it really happened, or she's in witness protection, and that's the same kind of thing of like when I saw Sam in a dream. That's why I almost there's the self-defense part of my brain or ego or something that's like 
not wanting it to be a sign from the afterlife just based solely on the fact that it's like, no, he just got whisked away somehow. You know? Yeah. And then, like, when I see him in the dream, that's always my, like, reaction of, like, see, I knew it. I knew. And exactly. When you talk to him, then he's like, uh, They have to go away. They gotta, yeah. They're like, uh, you can't even. And maybe that's, maybe that's me just not being ready to accept and be able to talk to him, you know? Right. Maybe he's like, oh, you still are, uh, you still think so, huh? <laughs> that's too bad. Well, you know. know. I don't know, man. Energy all... cannot be created or destroyed, so I hear. So, uh, I think we're all floating around somehow, somewhere. I like the I like the lava lamp theory myself of reincarnation. Yeah, me too. Um, which we discussed on some previous poll. Yeah, and the philosopher stoned. Yeah, this segment we did. I've been thinking about bringing that back a bit. We got to bring it back. Uh, not before we bring back this next caller though. Hey, boys. Hey. hey. So, Topic was interesting, and I had to call in and leave a message. Cool. Thank you for uh, doing it. A few years ago, my aunt died of uh, throat cancer. Mm. And just a few weeks after that, uh, after her funeral, I had a very vivid dream where she visited me and told me that she made it. Wow. I can only assume she means to heaven. It stuck with me, and it was very vivid. And I still remember it today. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Thank you, caller. Dude, that's all I want from my mom. I just want her to come to a, in a dream and say, hey, I'm okay. I'm here. And she didn't. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that... Denial's a bitch. That's a whole nother universe, too, is like... When you're describing the three knocks and the whole scene going on, like, that's still you grieving your older sister, you know? Oh, I know. It's like you didn't even have an opportunity. I lost her in twice. Reality. Yeah, you didn't even have an I... opportunity in reality to uh, grieve your mother because you didn't understand, you know. Oh, that, that... your grandmother was your mother. Yeah, that happened once I found out, though. Yeah, it's kind of wild, man. Yeah, I, I I told my friend that once. I said it's like I lost her twice, you know, because I lost my older sister and then I found out she was my mom, and then I had to cry about not having a mom. <laughs> And it still fucks me up, because I got plenty of mom questions. Yeah. And plenty of mom talk I want to do with her. But well, I do it to myself. You know and what we hope can she hears do. it. You know what we always can do is... Uh... Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Oh, yeah, let's go bowling. I got my shoes right here. I got this ball, but I gotta borrow one, because I haven't drilled holes in it yet. Put my gloves on. Sort of like this postal carrier. She was doing the work when she noticed... Some unusual signs from an elderly woman, uh, mostly that she wasn't picking up her mail from the mailbox. Uh -oh. So she decided to do a wellness check. Turns out the lady was trapped under a bunch of art in her bedroom, and this postal carrier saved her life. Whoa. Yeah, just a feel-good story. Yeah, she had stood on her bed to hang a portrait, I believe. And then fell, and then a bunch of things fell on top of her, and she was pinned to the ground. <laughs> that sucks. I think she was there for two or three days. Oh, man. Uh, but luckily, you know, her mail woman was like, hey, uh, mail woman. Uh, but, <laughs> hey you know, the mail carrier, she was just like, hey, people don't just not get their mail or leave town. Like, the, her car is in the driveway. She's got to be here. You know, she didn't put in for a mail hold to go on vacation or anything. And God bless her for checking in. 
saving that lady's life. Because that would be a long, lame death. Pinned <laughs> no doubt. Under portraits. Are we there yet? <laughs> Crips, I know. You might be asking yourself, is this for real life? And you know what is for real life? A collaboration between Airbnb and the BBC to bring Bluey's house to real life. Oh yeah, there's a turkey right there. <laughs> if you don't have kids, you might not know, but there's this great Australian cartoon. I hate that it comes out of Australia because of I love the tyranny that, it, that they're going through right yeah, now. I love that it comes out of Australia. It's beautiful. I don't... Uh, Australia, this is the thing. This is the thing I want to say. Australia is a great goddamn country with great people. The people are lit. And because their government's fucked, everyone kind of wants to like turn their back on Australia and be like, fuck Australia. Like, no. No, fuck their... Fuck their government. They have a shitty government, fuck like a lot queen. of places in the Western world right now. And fuck the queen they're under. But the people of Australia are kick-ass. Everyone I've ever met from Australia, either in real life or online, has been a down-ass dude or a down-ass chick. And they're awesome people. Australians are fucking awesome. And so I've heard a lot of people talk snot about, like, boycotting or, like, not wanting to buy Australian products over the fact that their government sucks. And I'm saying fuck that. And fuck trash in Australia. Their government sucks, but that's specific people in power who shouldn't even be in power. Specific lizards. Australia is awesome. They have some of the coolest motherfuckers. And some of the coolest cartoons, like Bluey. Bluey is fucking awesome. I, I didn't think about this until now, but the house might be one of my favorite characters. You know, the house itself is sort of a character. Sure. I mean, most of the storyline takes place in the house. You know, and their childhood imagination and playing with their toys and making up games, dealing with their parents. And so here it goes. They took uh, two years to build Bluey's house for real life. And right now, you can't book it. It's listed at $10 a night, but I think that's just for publicity and getting clicks. Yeah. And showing up in the search results. Sadly, only Australian residents uh, can stay there, uh, can apply to stay there, because crikey. that would have been a cool visit. Uh, and coincidentally, dogs aren't allowed, even mm. though Bluey is a blue healer. That makes a very little sense, but... Very yeah. little sense. Yeah. But they did pretty good uh, bringing it to life, and in the pictures where they had it all set up for taking photos of, you know, they've got a uh, duck cake put together on the counter from one of the birthday episodes, and Chatter Max, her favorite toy, they made a stuffed animal of it. Hmm. Luckily, it's a stuffed animal, not the actual Chattermax toy that just goes. <laughs> yeah, that thing is ridiculous. It never stops. It's a Chattermax. Max to the chatter. It lives up to its name, no doubt. It truly does. Great show. Anyway, adults can enjoy it too, especially parents. Yes. But all adults have enjoyed it. They have seen it around our kids. You know what else we enjoyed when we were up in Massive Two Shits? What else do we enjoy? Always Bargain. Oh, yeah. And so. Abel Kirby might enjoy this story because we kind of got on it. Abel was talking about Building 19, which is a discount shop that used to exist in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And now there's this Ollie's Bargain that I saw, which uses like the same cartoon merchant and uh, a lot of the same slogans, you know, like good stuff, cheap, things like that. Well, here's the news. Ollie's Bargain is doing so damn well for itself that it's coming to Kansas City. No way. Yes way. 
just out of the blue from Mass to Kansas City? They. It looks as though they started off in Pennsylvania. Okay. To be clear about it, a okay. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania company. Okay. Founded in 82 also. But yeah, I, I'm guessing there's other states in between here and there. That they're in, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I can guarantee they would there's be, states between here and there. Well, that's what I was going to say, that they're <laughs> planning to park stores in. That's very uh, but interesting. But because I live in Kansas City, I just hear, hear tell that they're coming here. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. I, I blame us directly for uh, spreading the ollies. Oh, yeah. Ollie, ollie, woo-hoo, coming to Kansas City. Cotton Gin in the chat says, building 19 and a third. I may have had it wrong. Building in a third. But yeah, it's like that 2.0. That's how it felt. A rebirth. Beautiful. Uh, so this family moved into a home in Idaho, and their son's bedroom wall had shingles on it, roof shingles that had been painted green. A little weird yeah. for a wall. Uh, so they decided, hey, we're going to take those down. And you know, who knows what's going to be underneath it. Never know till you find out. But lo and behold... It was a wall covered in 1,600 baseball cards from the 60s and 70s. Whoa. Whoa, indeed. Uh, The house was built in 1969. It appears to have had one owner before them. And so they were able to easily get in touch with the previous owner's son, who just so happened to be the one who lived in that room and whose baseball cards they were. Okay. And he told them, ah, my mom was a real artsy person, and this was a fun family weekend project for us where we all just took a handful of baseball cards and decided to glue them up on the wall. Cool. But then we couldn't get them off when we wanted to sell a place, you know, so we just covered it in shingles when he decided to change up his room a little bit. Yeah. They didn't know what else to do, so they just covered it in shingles and painted the shingles green. Interesting. Goofy. Um... Well, at but, least they didn't ruin the cards underneath. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a bittersweet memory for the guy because I guess both of his parents passed away last year. Oh. And he said it was just one of those memories where everyone was having fun, getting along, having a good time. And so th- this family that's living there now, they said, that, well, we're not sports fans, uh, but hopefully someone can come take this wall that will appreciate it because you can't peel the cards off you know what i mean like they've been glued they're on there they've lost all value other than this, this wall is epic what a find no doubt <laughs> c-dubs has glue in quotes historical dna samples add value he says <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they came all over the place the whole family put them up there together <laughs> come on <laughs> Well, you know. It was a family affair. Somebody's got to bring it down <laughs> into the gutter. Uh, kind of like whoever uh, decided to pop a milk carton at Blue Springs today. Uh-huh. They caused a whole lockdown because what? they popped a milk carton. <laughs> Red alert. Yeah. Red alert, a sound was loud, and rather than find the source of it, we panicked. Loud sound, loud sound, red alert. That's so stupid. Yeah, lockdown for all the Blue Springs schools today because of a milk carton. It's like, I mean, come on. Every lunch there is a loud pop or bang yeah. from a, a chip bag being opened yeah, and or like something. 80 to 150 heads swivel around in the direction. <laughs> Of where it came from. And, and then Im- there's more pops and echoes. And immediately you see what it was, yeah? 
Yes. So you, you don't would run and pull the fire alarm think. over it. Lockdown. Well, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been to school in a long time. I have no interest in Thank sending God. my children to school. Like, I don't go near schools. Do they even have lunch together anymore? I people, don't. but this is what I'm saying. Like, people may not have been able to turn their head and see what it was. I don't and know. And they've got all these people, these people, okay, uh, <laughs> public educated children, so scared over active shooters in the fear propaganda, not trusting each other, having no connection with each other, human connection, because their faces are covered all the time. They've got plastic walls in between them. This is what happens when you. Train people to be afraid of the people around them. This is what happens. You get the cops called for innocent fun. Stupid. Yeah. Very stupid. Eh, school, who needs it? Not me. Fucking ripoff anyway. It's free and it's a ripoff. I don't want to pay for it and yet here I am paying for it. Yeah, because it's absolutely... So are you and you and you. It's absolutely not free, but... And it's absolutely not for me. Anyway... (sighs) You know what else is not for me? What? Having a house on Florida's Gulf Coast, which just so happens to be auctioned off as an NFT. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, none of that's for me. I don't want to live on the Gulf Coast. I don't want to. Well, I've never been to the Gulf Coast, so I don't I don't have an opinion on that yet. Okay, well. There you go. Just, put, uh, just I, I'm not interested just in it. Just floating that out there. I want to live in the woods. I want to see first. So that's the, me. The woods, I need the woods for sure. But. Yeah. I guess you maybe you could have some woods on the coast, but not this place. Uh, <laughs> this is being auctioned off as an NFT. Another thing I have no interest in. Um, by a real estate tech company who plans to mint the property rights into a digital token and host an online auction. That's going to have bids starting at six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh boy! For that, I want land, lots of land, and I don't think this place is offering that land and trees. I think Horowitz brought this up earlier in DH Unplugged. Uh, as one of his stories too, and it seems to me almost that an NFT, if you're going to legally define and treat it as, say, like a title. Or uh, some sort of a proof of ownership, if you will. Um, if that can be done, and I don't know about enough about NFTs to be convinced of what can be done with them. But there could possibly be, if there's a non-fungible token legally associated with a piece of property, uh, it might be an upgrade from the title process that we have now, which is, you know, I don't know, It's it can be a nightmare. It can be a legal nightmare, and uh, if if you could, you know, in a decentralized way, now I don't know, like C-Dubs brings up on what chain, you know, on what blockchain, I don't know, is it a solid blockchain, is it uh, a chain that can be um, edited by certain people in any way, can it be rolled back if it gets hacked, or these different things, those are all concerning uh, blockchains, some have the ability to do that, but... In, you know, just taking a good faith uh, understanding of an NFT and what it claims to be a non-fungible token, maybe there's a use case there. Maybe there's a use case there. It's like, uh, I think Adam brought it up uh, on, I don't know if it was a podcasting 2.0 or somewhere, where maybe a use case would be, uh, for NFTs, would be like a ticket to something or something. But, I don't know. 
tickets uh, don't actually persist, but you know, something that's proving you've got uh, access or you know, maybe a membership card as an NFT. But uh, yeah, now that's that's something that makes a little more sense than like a certificate of authenticity that you own a GIF, a JPEG, yeah, an something image that's file. copyable. You know, seriously. That that we'll see. That seems a little bit lamer to me. We'll see how it goes. But you know, I still don't really. I don't know. I can, I can promise you, I'm I don't just, really understand the whole NFT obsession. Where I stand, if I'm gonna drop six hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a place, I'm gonna have land. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta have land and uh, you know the basement bunker situation. Yeah, fuck the house. I can build that up if I want eventually over time. But the land, man. Yeah. We need land. And we need more babies. You're like a 30 foot by 18 foot kind of tunnel that you could drive in and out. Hell yeah. Oh. But we'll see how this goes. A uh, landmark case, I suppose. Yeah. A historical event. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's interesting. Yeah, I threw it on the lens, you know. I saw, I love it. oh, a house being sold as, auctioned off as an NFT. Hmm. Yeah, Lorian's bringing a little shit stain of her own. I like hmm, it. Indeed, yes. Just the shit stain, though. <laughs> <laughs> Shit coin shit stain, I love it. Speaking of shit stains, <laughs> shit smells, man. It does. It stinks. And Hattiesburg, Mississippi is coming up again on my notes. Why? Why? Well, I brought them up in my top 333 stories last week because they had 33 car burglaries. Apparently, they smell like shit, too. There's a mystery <laughs> smell. In Hattiesburg, Mississippi. People say it smells like ammonia or uh, rotting corpses. Two things I don't want to smell all the time. It's at its worst in the early morning and the evening. Two times when you might be walking out of your house to do things. They have no idea what it is. And uh, the authorities have been investigating, so they say, since December. This has been going on for months. And they checked the sewer lagoons, thinking, well, that's just poop. Nope. Nope. Those are working properly. Huh. That's not the culprit. I don't know, but... Spiritual plague over there. Yeah. Smelling like ammonia and death is not inviting at all. No, that's something you gotta get checked out by a professional, I would say. Yeah. Yikes. For sure. And something else that needs to be checked out by a professional. A pub in England that claims to be the oldest in Britain, is closing its doors after 1,229 years. Holy shit. That's a damn shame. And this needs professional help. Still a strike for that long, just existing that long at all. Seriously, yeah, they claim to have poured their first drink in 793 AD. 1,200 years. They were noted in the 2000 Guinness World Records as the oldest pub, but then... The title was lost because they said, well, I guess there's no real way to concretely prove this. Hmm. So it's not even a category now. The name of the pub, Ye Old Fighting Cocks. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. Uh, the main structure was built in the 11th century as a pigeon house. And then they opened it up for cockfighting. And, uh, you know, a bar. Having a good old time. Yeah. Eat, drink, and be merry. But the Black Plague didn't take this place out. Yet somehow, the Koof did. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Sorry. They I... said they 
I rolled the wrong direction. No strike for you. I like when you just straddle the rails and really quick, quickly grab that ball before it rolls too far. You're like, ah, da, ah, you gotta make again. sure the guy at the desk isn't looking when you try to pull shit like that. But yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. I made sure it was cool, and then I made my move. Yeah, unless you own the place, yeah, and you just do what you want. Well, someday. And that's what they're hoping for: someone new to own the place. Yeah. Own ye old fighting cocks. Well, you know, I'm sure that there's been bar closures over 1,200 years. They'll figure it out. Figure it out. Why Sometimes don't you? a bar closes and then it opens again. So that doesn't mean, you know. And sometimes. You lose your record or have to reset the clock. That's just fucking absurd. Sometimes hikers and joggers and walkers and runners find dead bodies. Yeah. It seems to always be them. And uh, a dead body was reported in Georgia in the forest. When deputies showed up, it turned out to be one of those beautiful life size sex dolls. Oh, that's where I put that. Oops. They're not mad, and they're not going to come after whoever's DNA might be all inside of her. I'm going to come. They just ask that next time you dispose of your trash a bit more wisely. In a proper receptacle, right? I suppose you can't give a sex doll to uh, Goodwill or nothing, huh? Mm, I wouldn't. I mean, I guess you could if you cleaned it. Yeah. Or, you know, you could just show up with it, too, and, you know, the guy out back will probably just be like, thank you, and put it in his car. <laughs> I mean... Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It depends. It depends. If it's just one of those, like, this bachelor party blow-up, no, like, no, 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 kind no. that shred your dick up, then no. But no. if it's, like, a genuine real doll... This like, looks like a real lady. She's wearing dirty socks and shorts and a little, uh, like, tube top. Kind of 90s style going. They named her. The deputies named her. I think it was... uh, I bet they named her. Selena. Oh, my God. Oh, that's messed up, bro. She needs a washing. You know, I remember there was some guy that, like, married one of these dolls. Well, yeah. I I can see it. She's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. I think she's lovely. I think if I saw... If I was running... Up the path or hiking in the woods, and I saw that her laying on the ground in the distance. I would think it was a dead body for sure, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially if it was face down, no doubt. Yeah. Um, nah, man. You give her a bath and a hot bowl of soup. She'll be just fine, dude. Just fine. She'll be just fine. I don't think you can really, like, sleep around with people, but then turn your nose up at, like, a doll you can definitely disinfect and clean. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, I don't know, I'm just saying. With the blow-up dolls? Like, yeah. unblowing it and washing it? I'm just thoroughly? saying that, if, you know, if a lady passes out for a couple days in the woods and then comes back out of there, you're not going to say, like, oh, that's unusable now or whatever. Oh, no, no, no. Just shower in a hot bowl of soup is all I'm saying. <laughs> get back on her feet in no time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope that the macaque monkeys <laughs> at a... British Zoo get back on their uh, groove soon because the zookeepers decided to hire a Marvin Gaye impersonator (laughs) to get them in the mood. They need more babies. (laughs) You're called... We need babies. It's a macaque monkey. Find a macaque. Make it work. (laughs) What is this story about? This story is about zookeepers hiring a Marvin Gaye impersonator 
to sing to the Barbary macaque monkeys to get them in the mood for Valentine's Day to make more babies. Incredible. More baby monkeys. <laughs> A little sexual healing for them. <laughs> the ladies have been poo-pooing the males in that pen. You know, it's time to get it on. No doubt. We need to keep making babies. If it's Marvin <laughs> Gaye they want, it's Marvin Gaye they're going to get. <laughs> the chill laughing in the background of that one gets me every time, bro. We need to keep making babies. <laughs> that's perfect. I can't even do that that's, one. That's how I feel inside. That's oh, the, how the laugh. inside of my cheeks feel, actually, is that laugh he's doing. We need to keep making babies. Just saying. Just saying. It's a perfect note to go out on. But we have to choose the first time I ever... Oh, yes, of For course. next week. Well, let's see. First time I ever got fired. First time I ever fell in love with a movie. Oh. I ever had... Oh. I like that one because I want it to be very LCD uh, in case we decided to just ask people at the meetup for their answers. Oh, sure. Uh, fell in love with a movie and it's also Valentine's Day themed. Yeah. Because it's love. in love with a movie. First time I ever... First time I ever fell in love with a movie. Yeah. Here you go. You tell can us even, about it. Yeah, you can even say it all fancy like like that. Call in. Tell us about it. It's never too early. 816-607-3663. You can text, too, if you're shy about the movie you love. That's right. The first one. Or you can send a picture of the movie poster. Oh, yeah. There's options, bowlers. You always got options with us. And we're glad that you exercise those options to hang out with us on Tuesday nights. Really appreciate hanging around. Bowl after bowl. We'll keep bringing them to you every Tuesday night. And uh, next time we talk to you, we'll be talking to you from Nashville. Very excited about that. Till then, you know, I'm always going to be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm always going to be Dame DeLorean. Until Nashville. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Wanna lay it on you, bro? Make love. Oh my God. Any sex song will do. This is what you wanted. You need babies. She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yeah! I knew it. Big girl, crazy sex beat. She wasn't wearing anything. Oh man. Vagina. Did you see her breasts? Don't you want to see me naked? Jesus Christ, why don't you put some goddamn clothes on? Bowlafterbowl.com Alright, we did it. That's a wrap Another bowl in the books. That's right. And uh, for those of you tuning in on the No Agenda stream, thanks for listening. We now return you to your regularly podcast uh, curated program. Brought to you by the lovely Sir Ryan Bimrose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's that. Wicked bowl. <laughs> Holy dogs, dude. Holy dogs. Holy dogs. Woof, I didn't woof. know that uh, it would get.